BAM Radio Network. Do you think there's ever an occasion when it might be necessary to require an apology? Never. What's happening is that they're reinforcing the lying. And then what happens is um, they learn that lies get them out of trouble. And I don't think we want to go down that road with young children. If a child really doesn't feel any remorse whatsoever, do we just let it go? Welcome to Student Centricity, Practical Strategies for Teaching with Students at the Center. I'm Ray Pika. One child whacks another child over the head or maybe steals away a toy. Probably since the beginning of time when this kind of scenario has played out, adults have required the perpetrator to say, I'm sorry, to the child who's been hurt. But Tom Hobson, one of today's guests, said we shouldn't be making children offer up this phrase. I'm going to ask him why. And joining us for this conversation is early childhood expert Deborah Pierce. Hi, guys. So, Tom, what is up with this? Don't you want children to learn to be polite? Absolutely, I want children to be polite. I think courtesy is a very important part of life. Uh, unfortunately, this the compulsion, normally the parent will phrase it as, say you're sorry, mm. which is a command. Ah. And one thing I know about human beings is that none of us like to be told what to do. <laughs> so nine times out of ten, you're going to have the child resisting saying they're sorry, or when they say it, they say it very reluctantly, I'm sorry, which means it's not a genuine uh, feeling. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely don't mean it. Deborah, you're a child development expert. Do you believe that insisting upon an apology helps children learn to be better people? No, I don't. Um, first of all, they have an undeveloped theory of mind. And what that means is that they're not really capable of empathy just yet, most of them, until they get to be about four or five. And uh, what ends up happening is if we're forcing them to say they're sorry, It isn't really making them empathetic. It's just forcing them to lie, basically. And and then what happens is that usually after we tell them to do that and then they then they go ahead and do it, um, you know, think about what the adult does next. They usually praise them. Right. So Uh then what's happening is that they're reinforcing the lying. And then what happens is um, they learn that lies get them out of trouble. And I don't think we want to go down that road with young children. No, absolutely not. And I would imagine there's a lot of resentment being felt as well by the children, the child being forced to say, I'm sorry. So, Tom, one child has smacked a classmate with a toy truck or knocked down another child's block tower. Tell us what you do instead of requiring an apology. Well, I try to draw the connection for the child. You know, as Deborah said, they may not be developmentally ready, but a lot of repetition is important. And so I'll say things like, um, what you did hurt that child. She's crying because you took her toy or she's crying because you hit her. And leave it at that and let the create the space for the child to do their own thinking. Because when we're in the world of commands, when we're telling children what to do, we put them in a position of only doing one of two things. They can obey or disobey. Mm. Whereas when we make statements of fact, and draw those conclusions, we create a space in which children can do their own thinking. Okay, so after they've done their thinking, I mean, I know you've written about genuine preschool apologies. Is that right. what typically happens? Well, Give us I don't a couple w- of examples of what it all looks like afterwards. Yeah, I'm not going to say there's a typical way for it to happen, but quite <laughs> often what you'll find is the child will take a moment, then hand the toy back, or take a moment to stroke another child, to put a hand on the shoulder, or simply just look at that child and in a sympathetic way, which to me is a genuine apology mm-hmm. and a genuine way of showing that you're sorry. I mean, the truth is, is I've had, I can't tell you how many children I've seen this way who have been taught 
that the I'm sorry is like a get out of jail free card, as Deborah was saying, like the lie. Um, and some I had one boy one year, he had sensory processing issues, and he and that manifested in ways that he often hurt or scared the other children. And but he 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 had learned, he had been taught to immediately say, I'm sorry, and that for him then got him got him off the hook. Yeah. Okay. Well, Deb, do you think there's ever an occasion when it might be necessary to require an apology? Well, um, I think you're going to have to look at the individual child and see what they're capable of. But I think the first thing that you need to do when the incident occurs is to take the attention off of the the person, the perpetrator. And you want to make sure that um, the attention is being given to the child that's been hurt. That's really important because the the egocentric child that's that's done the biting, let's say, is going to pay attention to that because what he wants most of all is some attention. Right. And then and, and then after you do that, you want to make sure that you make amends. I like to call that making amends and have the the perpetrator do that. Give him something uh, immediate and something concrete to do in that situation, like give him an ice bag or um, go over and put your arm around him or something or do some encouragement to make some kind of an amends. And by doing that, it's really powerful because it's helping children notice each other's pain and it's naming feelings and we're trying to make things right by taking positive actions. And then after that time, then you can take the child aside, like Tom said, and you want to really name those feelings, talk to them about what they could have done and what they should do next time. Um, and perhaps at that point, too, you may even need to provide some logical consequences right then. You can't say, well, when you get back in from being outside, then you're going to go and time out, which I hate anyway. But you know, yeah. you always want to make the consequences really immediate because they, they've only got like a two or three minute span where they're going to remember why they had the consequences. Tom, do you think there's ever an occasion when it might be necessary to require an apology? Uh, never. Um, to me, the I think making amends, as Deborah said, is a much more appropriate response because that actually helps and it's honest. Um, you know, for example, very often one of the classic examples is a child will knock over another child's building that they've built out of blocks. And mm -hmm. to be able to say, to be able to encourage that child then to help rebuild the building or at least ask the child who has had the building knocked down, do you want help in rebuilding uh. that building? And give that choice. A ch because sometimes the child doesn't want help. They just want to cry about it, right? And they've got to, they've got to get their cry through, of course. That's yeah, it. or maybe they just don't want the help from that child. <laughs> exactly. They may not want help. But at least create that option out there that, that uh, something needs to be done. Sometimes I will even role model. I'll say, she's crying and sad because her building was knocked down. I'm going to help her rebuild her building. Right. Okay. So Deb mentioned that they're not really developmentally ready to feel empathy, but a couple of your examples have, you know, it seems as though they can feel some, I mean, which is certainly superior to being coerced into feeling apologetic. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly maybe their empathetic feelings aren't fully developed, but they're in the process of doing it. And to me, a lot of what we do in the early years is a lot of repetition. So just, so that when they are ready to feel it, it, they will they will know the appropriate response. And if if a child really doesn't feel any remorse whatsoever, do we just let it go? I mean, yes. what what happens then? Yes, I just let it go. If they're not developmentally ready ready to feel the remorse, to make amends, to feel sorry for what they've done, no amount of of cajoling on my part, or scolding on my part, or or hammering on my part is going to make them feel any differently.
Deb, do you agree with that? Yes, I do. Because apologies don't mean anything if the behavior doesn't change, you know. And so I think it's really important, like Tom said, you want to restate the rules over and over and enforce the consequences. And hopefully the next time um, he won't do that. But chances are he will, of course. Um, but if the, I think if the sequence is repeated enough, um, there's a greater chance that the child is going to be learning to be truly empathetic and not just pretending. Um, it's going to be, become part of his personality and his development. And also, that's going to extend then to being really sincere and mean it when he gets older, too. And that's what we want. Well, one of the things that we do at our school is the children make all their own rules. Mm-hmm. And so in our case, a lot of it has to do, maybe they're not feeling empathetic toward that other child, but they're feeling badly that they have um, they have not kept their agreements they've made with one another, ah. which is what we often call them as the agreements we've made with each other. Because in a very real sense, the agree- agreements we make with one another are sacred, and many children will identify that way. I think Excellent that's true. Point. I think if, you, uh, if the children are uh, involved in making their own rules, they own them, and um, they're going to be much more likely to participate in following those rules. That is such an excellent point, you guys. Thank you so much. I mean, empathy is probably the most important human trait there is, in my opinion. So I'm I'm really appreciative of the work that you're doing to bring that out in children. And uh, I think that this is an important topic. So I appreciate you being here to talk with me about it. There are phrases that adults have been using with children for so long, phrases like say I'm sorry, that we typically don't even stop to consider them before repeating them. They just pop out of our mouths. But if we give this phrase in particular some consideration, we can see that it's not a good idea. Not if we want children to notice one another's pain. If we want to help promote the development of empathy, which seems to be even more important in our current climate than ever before. It may mean actually biting your tongue, but the next time that phrase threatens to pop out of your mouth, stop and give the children space to do their own thinking. This has been Ray Pico with Student Centricity, offering practical strategies for teaching with students at the center. Thank you for listening. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.